open your Bible to John 14, John chapter number 14. To be honest to you, I'm probably not in the spirit to preach. I probably not in the spirit to preach this morning. I probably needed to be at the altar or needed to be somewhere in my prayer closet or I need to be somewhere else. But it is the word of God is the Bible says speaks to us, doesn't need me, doesn't need you. If he can speak through a donkey, he can use you and me. So John 14, verse number 27, I want you to look at what Jesus said. These four verses, I'm going to give you a few things and hopefully it'll help you tonight. Peace I leave with you and my peace I give to you. Not as the world give I unto you, let not your heart be troubled, and neither let it be afraid. You have heard how I said to you, I go away and come again, and, if you, and to you, and if you love me, you would rejoice, because I said I go unto the Father, my Father is greater than I. Now I have told you before it come to pass, that when it is come, you might believe. Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. But he that the Lord may know that I, but that the Lord, that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father hath gave me commandment, even so I do. Arise and let us go hence. These are one of those first teachings of Jesus as he taught for the disciples on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane to finish out that time of teaching. John 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, and 18 are all in this teaching. He's teaching his disciples some things that he wants them to do and he wants us to know. And so I just tonight want to just ask you this question. What does Jesus' death mean to him? I didn't say what did Jesus' death mean to you, but what did Jesus Christ's death meant to him? Have you ever thought about that? You see, we observe the Lord's Supper upon the command of the Lord Jesus. This do in remembrance of me. This do, say this do. This do. So that's a command of Jesus. We do that because Jesus told us to do it. If anybody stayed home tonight because he's having the Lord's Supper, they are disobediently out of the will of God. Because God said this do, and so that's a command. But symbolism is kind of simple. He used two things to make it clear for us. First, he used the cup. That was the blood sacrifice. It spoke of the perfect blood of the lamb. It it spoke of God's blood who flowed through the veins of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, he used bread. Bread, body that was broken, a perfect body. They could find no flaws. They could find nothing wrong with him. It was God's body that was torn for our sins. God's blood run through his veins. God's body was torn for our sins. That's what he says. When the man Christ Jesus died for us, let me tell you what it meant. It meant, first of all, eternal life, salvation. 
I mean, he knew what it, he, we know and he do. He, he knew that day what it meant for us. I mean, it means that we've been forgiven. It means there's freedom. It means there's salvation. There's forgiveness. There's eternal life. There's peace. There's grace. There's pardon. There's, 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 there's even pathos in the fact of our suffering. But the Bible says in verse number 27, the greatest thing that God has given us is peace. I don't care what's going on around you. You can have peace. And so he said, you can have peace. And Jesus was about to open up a highway by which all sinners could reach many mansions here. And so he said, you need to have peace on the way there. Second thing he said, it means to us salvation, but secondly, it means suffering. You see, it not just means eternal life, it means earthly living. Don't miss this, okay? Earthly Living, First Peter chapter two verses twenty one through twenty five, and and you can turn there if you choose. But if not, write it down. Jesus tells us in that passage that there would be human suffering on our side. But now remember him, remember him when your suffering comes that you'll suffer for nothing except decency, and righteousness, and holiness. Why did they hate Jesus? Because he did no sin. Why did they hate Jesus? Because they couldn't find in him no guile. He was perfect. He was honest. And he would not sin. He would not lie. He wouldn't tell the truth. They didn't see people like that. He reviled not. That meant there was no abuse back. He threatened not. There was no retaliatory language here. He committed his case to God the Father. So folks, listen to me. The cross to us means not only eternal life, but earthly living, which means suffering. Suffering. As we remember him, we think of our salvation, we think of our suffering, our sinfulness, our spiritual living, but then I guess in the back of our mind, it's always we think of his second coming, don't we? But what did it mean to Jesus? That's what it means to us. But what did it mean to Jesus? That's what it means to us. I can sit here and tell you all night what salvation means to me. But what does it mean to Jesus? Let's remember death from his side in our text. As he says these words, remember, let's let's turn it around and listen to death from his side. Y'all still with me? First of all, when we look at death at his side, as we remember, we think of our salvation, but what did it mean to Jesus, even though we had been saved and that was a delightful thing for him? Remember death from his side, just according to these verses I read. Uh, First of all, we can be reminded that Judas now has been dismissed and there's only 11 people who remain. And... Jesus had told them that he's leaving. He told them in John 13, 36, he's leaving. He told them in John chapter 14, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. You know, he said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me. You know, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. But he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. So he told us he was going twice, right? He said he's going. 
Jesus tries to calm them down. In chapter 14, verse 1, he says, let not your heart be troubled. In chapter 14, verse 27, he says, Peace I leave with you, my peace given to you, as the Lord giveth I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. In other words, you control whether you have a troubled heart or not. You can't control whether you have a, a, a physical malady. You, you, you cannot control some, some other things in life. You can't providentially control anything, but you can control whether you have a troubled heart. So he says, don't be so troubled. The word trouble there is from a word that means terrasso. Terrasso. And it really means to be stirred up or agitated. Don't be so stirred up. Don't be so agitated. I'm going away, yes. I'm leaving you, yes. But don't be so stirred up. Don't be so agitated because I am leaving. Because I've already told you if I go, there's somebody going to take my place. So don't be so agitated. When Jesus spoke of Leaving, they could only think of their new loss and their grief and their loneliness. They never thought about Jesus. Never thought about Jesus. How's Jesus feeling? They never thought about Jesus. They only thought about themselves. They just thought about how they felt. You see, Jesus knew everything. We don't know very much, but Jesus knew everything. But they didn't care what Jesus thought. They weren't thinking about themselves. Luke chapter 22, verses 17 through 24, Simon Peter was not aware at all of the very fact that Satan wanted to have him. And if he could get him, he would. He would sift him like wheat and he would fall through. But Bible says, Jesus said, I prayed for you and devil can't have you. You're not going to fall through. I'm going to catch you and you're going to be saved by the mighty hands of the Savior. Now, thank God that we have some a God who not only thinks of himself, but he thinks of us. Yes, he has providence. Yes, he has sovereignty. Yes, he has power. Yes, he can do everything. But the greatest thing is he not only thinks about us, we got to see him and think about him. So uh, the first thing I want you to see is, number one, he sees he's happy about this text, and he sees in this text something we might never see in verse number 28, his person would be dignified. Have y'all got it? Verse 28. You have heard how I said to you, I go away and come again to you. If you love me, you would rejoice. Because I said I go unto the Father, my Father is greater than I. In other words, his death to these men was such a selfish sorrow. Some of them are like many of us. We just can't get over when somebody dies. Oh, well, you know, since somebody died, I, I, I just can't go back to that church. Why? He got saved at that church. He got baptized at that church. He heard the word at that church. He met Jesus at that church. He loved God at that church. Why can't you go back to it? Gracious goodness, that's a silly thing to say. I can't go back to that church. 
just can't. My mind just sees every, that ought to be a good thing. You ought not to see him over here tearing down something. You ought to see him over here building up something. Uh, I, I think that's the way Jesus, he don't want us to live at a tombstone. Precious to the sight of the Lord and the death of his saints from Jesus' side. Yes, it's a precious thing for us to die. Did you know that? Y'all didn't hear it. Y'all couldn't have heard that. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. It's a precious thing when his saints die. Precious thing when his saints die. So, folks, don't feel sorry for the people laying there with ventilators all over them and with people coming in and, and, and needles stuck everywhere and, and, and disease eating them up and, and they're hurting in pain and writhing in pain. Don't get upset when God takes them home. Rejoice, he said. See it from his side, not your side. Just see it from your side, the selfish side. You see, he was laying down this servant's role, this peasant role, and stepping back to a glorified state of dignity and honor and exaltation in John chapter 17, verse number five. Listen to what he says. Now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. In other words, the very same Jesus who had the very same glory of the Father, the very same Jesus who had the very same glory of the Holy Ghost was going to step out of that place and step down into a human body, God in a human body. And he said his person would be dignified. Finally, people would know that Jesus was God. Jesus never taught this much, but now he says, rejoice if you love me. I'm going home. I need to preach this at some funerals. Rejoice, Jesus said, if you love me, I'm going home. I tell you what he says. Okay, let me just say, look, look, rejoice if you love me because I am going home. It was in our, in our text tonight, verse 28. Look, you have heard how I said to you, I go away and come again. If you've loved me, you would rejoice because I said I go to the Father and my Father is greater than I. That's his side. That's his side. Quit weeping, quit crying. His side is you ought to rejoice because I'm going back. I'm stepping into my royal roads. I'm sitting down upon the royal crown and I am there to make sure that there's enough blood to cover all your sins. Uh, Y'all be good about that. That's the way Jesus, number two, from Jesus' side, he not only saw his person that would be dignified, but he saw his truth would be documented in verse 29. Look, and now I've told you before it come to pass that when it has come to pass, you might believe. You see, all these predictions now is going to be proved. Because of what's about to happen in Jesus' life here in these next few days, it's going to fulfill all of this. It's going to document all the truth that Jesus has told. It would take resurrection for them to believe it, and so Jesus would just do a resurrection. And so he did a resurrection. As a cause of that, he was documented. 
When Jesus said, he said, if you come and believe on me, you shall never die, but you shall have eternal life. He documented the day he walked out of that tomb. He documented that truth that night. And so his person was dignified. His truth was documented. Jesus' truth would clearly be before truth now. Thirdly, remember that's his side. See, he's been three years. Nobody believed him. Oh, they wanted his healing. They wanted his food. They, they liked his sickness. They wanted his forgiveness. Oh, they'd cry yeah, for his forgiveness, 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 forgiveness. You don't find too much, you don't find too many people coming to Jesus saying, Lord, I want to repent. You don't find too many people coming to Jesus and says, Lord, I just want to sell all this sin at the altar. No, you find a few, but most of them want something for themselves. So he, fourth, third thing is his foe would be defeated. Look at verse 30. Hereafter, I will not talk much with you for the prince of this world cometh and hath nothing in me. In other words, he said the devil's coming, but he hadn't got nothing in me. He's got nothing on me. He's got nothing in me. He's got nothing around me. I, when they nail me to the cross, he will be, will be triumphant over the devil. That's what he says. So his foe would be defeated. Satan couldn't find nothing in Jesus. He's the perfect lamb of God. And, and Satan can find something wrong with anything. He couldn't find something wrong with Jesus. Nothing. Satan has nothing in me. He has nothing on me. Uh, you know, these politicians, they need to get that. They need to understand. We would have a whole lot better government if folks didn't have stuff on other stuff but they have something on somebody. And so when they get something on somebody, they hold them hostage to that. And they, they get something on somebody else and they hold them hostage to that. But Jesus said, the devil has nothing on me. That's what he said. Fourthly, I could give you another verse and if you'll just write it down, you'll go home and read it and rejoice. Colossians chapter two, verse 13 through 15. Read that verse that'll help you from Jesus' side to see that his foe would be defeated. While he hung on the cross, he was sent knowing that the devil, his foe, would be defeated. Y'all believe that? That's Jesus' side. Here's the fourth thing. Here's Jesus' side. His love for the Father was demonstrated in verse 31. But that the world may know that I love the Father... As the Father gave me commandment, even so I do, arise and let us go hence. You see, our view of the cross and the death of Christ is his love for us, right? But his view is not that way. See, his view is our love for the Father through him. There's a difference. There's a difference. You see, he loved the Father so much. All he wants us to do is to please the Lord Jesus because then that would be not only the will of, will of the Lord Jesus, but it would be the will of the Heavenly Father. 
So from Jesus' saying, he just wants his love demonstrated. If you love me, demonstrate it. Show it. Let's see it. Let's see it in obedience. Don't quench the Holy Ghost. Don't lie to the Holy Ghost. Don't resist the Holy Ghost. Don't insult the Holy Ghost. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Don't pain the Holy Ghost. Listen, Jesus is wanting to say, listen, I love the Father so much, I want to be in his will. And from his side, he wants us to see that we love Jesus so much that we want to obey his commands. That's what he's saying right here. Now, he loves us so much to let the Holy Spirit indwell us, and so he don't want us to mess that up with grieving it and quenching it and insulting it and lying to him and, 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 and all the things we do to the Holy Spirit. When you do that, you're doing it to Jesus. When you're doing it to Jesus, you're doing it to the Father. You just can't get around it. It doesn't stop anywhere until it gets to the throne. So from the human side, he loved the Father so much he would die doing the will of God. But listen, listen, I'm about through. He would suffer doing his will. From our human side, we will love Jesus that much. Would we suffer to do his will? Would we die to do his will? Would we die doing his will? He would always tell me what I should do and shouldn't do. And I know they have my best interest at heart. But whatever that is, I want to die doing God's will. Because you can rejoice when you're doing God's will. He tells us you can rejoice when you're doing God's will. And I thought it was interesting to think that even Jesus, the Son of God, learned obedience by the things that he suffered. Hmm. A little different view, isn't it? From this human side, he loved the Father so much he would die doing his will. He would suffer doing his will. Not my will, but thine be Obedience is our only exhibition of love. The Holy Ghost of God convicts you. The Word of God speaks to you. Our only expression of love is to obey God and love Jesus and obey him. That's our only expression of love. Oh, I love Jesus. I'll see you at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot of those. But notice the last phrase, and I'm done. Arise and let us go hence. In other words, he said, I've told you my side of it. You had your side of it. Uh, you've been talking about your side of it. You, you didn't like your side of it. You didn't want me to leave. You, you, your side of it, we've heard, but I've told you my side of it. He said, and he said, I'm ready. 
for us to arise and I'm ready to do his will and I'm ready to see it through and I'm ready to meet the enemies I must meet because the Father is waiting on me in glory. So let us arise and go for him. (laughs) What about it tonight? Those four things Jesus said, you see it different than I do. You see it different than I do. It's very clear. The Bible's very, very, very clear that you see it different. His person would be dignified for finally, instead of Jesus just being a peasant, Jesus would be a king. His truth would be documented in verse 29. Instead of his words just being fables and and mystical words that were spoken by the rabbis or stories that were passed down, they would be the word of God. And thirdly, his foe would be defeated. That old evil one, the devil, when Jesus died on Calvary's cross, he might as well just go ahead and nail his britches down to hell because he's going to be there. And then fourthly, his love for the Father was demonstrated because he learned obedience by the things that he suffered. But tonight, 